Welcome to episode 24 of the Dave Witty Show. I'm your host, Dave Witty. Thanks again for tuning in, folks. Hope you're having a great couple weeks out there. Um, got another great episode coming up this week with uh, Rachel Cousins. We had a lovely chat about all kinds of really neat things, including you know her life and music. She got a brand new single out. Uh, we're talking mental health, uh, songwriting. I mean, a whole bunch of really, really cool things. I got to say, I really, really enjoyed the chat. I can't believe she's only 20 years old. She's so like wise beyond her years is an understatement uh a really really great chat so uh make sure you do stick around for that one really really enjoyed that one uh big thanks to my pal tony murray for coming on last episode had a great chat with tony i mean if you don't know who tony is uh you've been to one of his shows and and uh you know that he's he's been behind the scenes for um just a real staple in the music uh, community here especially in st john's and newfoundland and the atlantic provinces so big thanks to tony for coming on there last episode uh, I've had a busy couple of weeks, lots of solo stuff on the go. Um, did a couple uh, Donnie's gigs there last weekend at O'Reilly's. Great, great time. It was right in the middle of the George Street Festival, which was absolutely mayhem. Uh, it was super busy downtown. Um, Friday and Saturday we did at O'Reilly's was great. Super, super fun. Um, everybody up dancing and singing along. So that was that was a great time. Big thanks to O'Reilly's for having us. Um, did a bunch of solo stuff as well during the festival. And I managed to take one night off and go check out uh, Donovan Woods and Tim Baker. It was uh, And William Prince too. I seen, I caught the very end of uh, William Prince. Uh, really, really great concert. Uh, I'm a huge Donovan Woods fan seen him uh seen him before here solo but it was nice to see him with the band uh that was great so it was really really fun night to check out uh tim baker put off a great show lots of cool members of you know a couple guys from hey rosetta come out and, and um just a you know just a great great concert great vibes all around uh and really really got to enjoy that i don't know a bunch of the other concerts went really great as well so um i mean that was a great just a great week here in st john's it's nice to see some live music especially some of the concerts and stuff come back and uh, going to be great to see uh, the Iceberg Alley coming up here in the next next 10 days. Um, I'm not going to be around for most of it. Uh, you guys are probably listening on Wednesday, September 8th. I'm recording on the 7th. Uh, heading out of town tomorrow, today for you. Um, heading to Cornerbrook for a couple nights of music at the Rotary Arts Center with my pal Mark Manning from Rum Ragged. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday, still a few tickets available if you are interested in coming out. Uh, if you're in the Cornerbrook area or out on the West Coast, you want to come see some live music, me and Mark will be there um, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Friday, we're in Port Rexton um, at the brewery there. And Saturday, we're in Terranova. And Sunday, uh, possibly Dildo. Mark's in Dildo. I'll see where I am. I might be heading back to St. John's. Um, but looking forward to a few days uh, outside of the uh, outside of the Avalon here and, and getting out and doing a few gigs with my, my buddy, uh, my buddy Mark. Really looking forward to that. Uh, big hurricane on the way. Hurricane Larry. Going to be interesting to see if this uh, plays a role in these gigs that are coming up the weekend. Hopefully not. Hopefully it just misses us because it seems like every time I try to go and book some gigs outside of St. John's, something happens, uh, whether it's COVID related or something else. I mean, it just usually ends up, <laughs> it's been falling apart the last year and a half. So uh, fingers crossed. I mean, Jesus, uh, kind of a spike in COVID cases right now as well, especially on the West Coast. So hopefully everybody's staying safe and, and got their vaccines and stuff and uh, we can, you know, get out of this thing uh 
scot-free that would be great um been watching a ton of baseball lately guys blue jays are back in the mix here three games out of the wild card really really exciting baseball happening pitching's been fantastic uh vlad guerrero jr has been back on the bats i think he's got a 14 14 game hit streak going uh marcus simeon I mean, I hope we can re-sign this guy. He is just having an absolute banger of a season, but I don't quite see it happening, unfortunately. I think he's just going to want too much money, and there's too many uh, too many names to sign in the next few years. Robbie Ray, pitcher, has been absolutely incredible. First pitcher with four games straight with 10K strikeouts uh, in the history of the Blue Jays. So a um, couple of big series coming up, right in the middle of one with the Yankees right now. And then we've got Baltimore, Minnesota, um, New York again. Baltimore and Minnesota. I think that's I think that's all who we're facing the next in the next thirty games or so. So hopefully they can put a big push on, make that wild card game, make it a little interesting for us uh, us baseball fans. Um, watching a bit of tennis as well. I mean that the the, um, the uh, U.S. Opens on the go last night. I tried to stay up late last night to watch that Bianca Andreescu match. Uh, I think she's incredible. She's already won the U.S. Open before, but. Um, she lost a tough one last night to uh, Shakiri from uh, from Greece. It was a great match. I I didn't get to see the final set. I was uh, I had fallen asleep. I got up and watched the highlights, but it was a tough loss for her. Looks like uh, Bianca look. She was kind of battling through some injuries there. Uh, been watching uh, Felix Auger-Aliassime. He looks incredible right now. Really really rolling. He's got a big match uh, Tuesday. So I mean, by the time you're listening to this, you will know the results if you're a tennis fan. Uh, and really, really neat to see uh, Layla Fernandez, uh, 18-year-old, just uh, you know making some big splashes and uh, beating some big names. So uh, hopefully she can keep that role uh, role going and, and and keep it keep it moving forward because it's really exciting to see for Canadian tennis. Um, you guys know me, big sports guy over here. I'm 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 in all in, and especially any Canadian athletes, I'm uh, I'm I'm always uh, tuned in and watching. Um. Football season's on the way, coming up here, starting this week. Really, really excited about that. Going to be an interesting year for uh, for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, it looks like it's going to be the last year for, for Rodgers. So, um, you know, I got all in here with the with the Packers because I think the next few years after this are going to be a little uh, little quiet in, uh, in Wisconsin. So, uh, looking forward to getting the Sunday routine going. I love watching football on Sundays and getting together with my buddies from uh, – you know my my high school buddies. I mean, we still get together every Sunday and and manage to watch a bit of football and and manage to have a little bit of pizza and and whatever else comes along with football Sunday. So really looking forward to that, no doubt. Um, had a birthday the, the weekend passed, turned a big three four. Can't believe I'm thirty four years old. I still feel like I'm twenty sometimes, and then sometimes I feel like I'm fifty. But I uh, had a great birthday weekend. Had a big party. Um, I'm mean, not a big party, but I had a bunch of my friends up to uh, up to my cabin. We had a great night. Um, lots of great food on the go and, and some good drinks and we were playing some games in the yard and stuff like that. It was really, really great to see, uh, you know, see some familiar faces and kind of let loose for a night and not have to worry about, uh, about anything music related for, for a couple of days. So that was a lot of fun. I did want to mention, which is pretty funny that, um, I have this weird thing apparently with writing songs around my birthday, but, uh, it's been five years since I wrote 29, which I wrote on my 29th birthday. Uh, and it's actually been 10 years almost to the day that I wrote Lizzie, which I cannot believe that I wrote that song 10 years ago, which is just, it's just been blowing my mind. I feel like every time I play it live, I say, oh, it's a song I wrote five or six years ago. And I, I just, time is just moving fast, man. It's just ticking along here. So, 
Um, you know, that about does it for me, guys. Um, like you say, heading out to the West Coast, really looking forward to those gigs. But um, had a great interview with Rachel Cousins. I got to say, uh, it was the first time I ever chatting with her. Um, I knew she was releasing a single. I thought it'd be a great opportunity to have her on. And uh, we had a really great chat. I mean, it kind of went off script from what I had written, and I really liked that. I mean, we were just kind of just shooting the shit about all sorts of different things music related. So uh, make sure you stick around for a great interview with Rachel Cousins. And I'd like to welcome Rachel Cousins to the podcast. Thanks for doing this today, Rachel. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, We were chatting a little beforehand. Throat's feeling a little sore. You threw a nice recommendation at me. So I'm going to hit the pharmacy after this because I I do get a bunch of shows coming up. So uh, yeah, definitely going to hit that up. What was it? Throat Coat, was it? Throat Coat Tea. Yep. It's a singer's, singer's miracle. Okay, right on. I mean, I've only been doing it for 15 years. I probably should get a get a handle on something, <laughs> handle on something like that. Um, first off, congrats on the new single. Uh, it's fantastic. Listened to it a bunch of times yesterday. I was jamming it all morning. Um, big congratulations. How are you feeling about it so far? Thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, I feel really good. I was really, really nervous before this release. It's like the first bit of music I've released in a while now. So I was really nervous as an artist always is releasing new music just to hear what people have to say, but I'm really happy with it and people seem to love it. So I'm uh, really, really happy and really grateful. Yeah, it sounds great. I mean, it's super catchy. I was, I, I listened to it a couple of times yesterday and um, I mean, I was just kind of like bobbing around to it then as like on, on my way to work last night, I was coming home. I'm still like kind of got it stuck in my head. So, I mean, it's <laughs> always a, that's always a positive thing when it's getting stuck in people's heads. Right. Yeah, for sure. That's the goal. Can you uh, talk about a little bit of the inspiration behind the song, like where it came from? Yeah. So myself and my producer, Daniel Adams, we were in a songwriting session with an artist um, named Topi, who is from Sweden. And um, we wrote this song and I don't even think that we really had an idea if we were writing for me. I've been working towards an album now for a really long time. Um, and Topi is just an amazing writer. Um, and it was such a great co-writing session. So we wrote this song. Uh, we were just really vibing with the beat that Daniel had. Um, so when we wrote this, I don't really think that I grabbed onto it right away. But then I said to Daniel, I was like, I think that this has a lot of potential for myself. So I demoed it just so we all had it. You know how it is like when you write a song, somebody has to demo it just so you have it. Um, but when I demoed it, I was like, you know what? I am kind of vibing with this. So we changed lyrics um, just to make them a little bit more, I guess, marketable. And, um, once we went from there, I was just automatically in love with the song. And I think that it's a really good setup for what I want to release on this next album, um, with the whole pop sound and stuff. I think that this, the next little chunk of music that I'm going to be releasing between both an acoustic song and pop music, I think that, um, I think that I'm like finally settling into my own. So that's kind of what the inspiration was for the song was just going with the pop music that I've wanted to release forever. So I'm really, really happy with the outcome. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I know on some of your earlier releases, it's, you know, obviously it's a little bit more singer-songwriter, it's acoustic-driven, uh, but you've also released, you know, some definitely some pop hits, stuff like that, but um, is that is that is that the kind of the genre you're kind of aiming for? It's, I hate I hate this genre term because I always get asked that myself, and I kind of don't really fall in any genre myself. It's like sometimes it changes. I mean, especially it's kind of the way the songs work for me. I mean, I just write songs, and they just fit into some type of category. But is that something you were aiming to try to do? Was try to fit into a genre, or was it just kind of how it came? Um, definitely not. I've I've always said that I hate. I also hate attaching myself to genre. I think that music is supposed to grow with you as a person. And I think that I would have myself tortured 
trying to accomplish my music career with just trying to fit into one genre. I don't think I'd ever really be satisfied with what I was releasing. Um, I love artists like Lennon Stella and Maggie Rogers and Olivia Rodrigo is a new one um, in the industry who are releasing these huge bangers that are just like blowing up on pop radio. But then there's like, here's an acoustic song where it's just me and an acoustic guitar or piano. Um, so I do really, really love pop music. Uh, it's brought out a new confidence in me, especially as a performer. I have so much fun performing pop music, but I equally love just sitting down with an acoustic guitar. So I don't think I'll ever really fit into the genre. I just like releasing music when I want to release it and if I attach to it. And I know that there's always going to be someone out there, even if they don't like love language, they're going to like this song. And if they don't like this acoustic song, they're going to like love language. You know what I mean? So there's always somebody listening to something. And I think that that's so cool for a fan base too, when they just vibe with different things that you're putting out. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you nailed it there. I mean, that's exactly the way you got to go about it, I think. And, um, you know, so, so with regards to the songwriting processes, do you kind of like even the pop songs that you're you're doing? Like, I mean, I know you do a bunch of co-writes, but like, it, is it is it basically you and an acoustic guitar for a lot of these songs or how, how do the songs come about? What are some of the writing processes for the songs? Yeah. So when I do my acoustic stuff, I just write it normally by myself in my bedroom. I wrote a song yesterday that I'm hoping to release. Uh, and it was just me and my guitar in my bedroom. And I hope that it stays like that. Um, but as far as the pop music goes, um, Daniel Adams, who's my producer, he's absolutely amazing. He produces Kelly Loader as well. Um, he is unreal. He doesn't even know how good he is, but, um, he does insane beats and insane production. So he'll send me a beat or he'll say, I have this idea and we'll just bounce, bounce stuff off each other all the time. Um, or even if I write with somebody else, it's really, it's a lot easier for me um, because I consider myself a lyricist to have a beat or to have a melody or a chord progression. And then we just kind of go from there. Um, so it's different with every song, honestly. I can't even say that there's one way that I have of writing because I can sit to a piano and write a song or I can have this like full pop beat and then I just love co-writing lyrics or I can write lyrics by myself. So it's different every time really, but Daniel has definitely saved me in terms of songwriting because it's so much easier to have somebody who knows what you want to say even before you say it. So, yeah. Right. And especially to have somebody, I mean, who can put the music to it and, and create mm -hmm. great, you know, pop music and, and great production wise. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, I was like, I know you do a lot of co-writes, but I also was reading up on you a little bit and I know that you've been keeping a journal for years. Like, is that something that you still do? Are you still always kind of jotting in the journal or do you still just go back to some of the old stuff or. I literally have like three <laughs> journals in front of me right now. For anybody who's maybe listening, anybody who's listening online, Rachel's literally showing me her journals. <laughs> yeah. Like there's three in this drawer and then there's about four in my nightstand. And then there's one in my car at all times. Like there's journals absolutely everywhere around me because I'm the type of person that when I think of something, I either need a voice memo it or I'm writing it down immediately, um, which is so much better because when it's songs like Arrow of Love, which was on This Fire, my EP that I released in 2017, um, Arrow of Love was sitting in a journal for like four years. Like the main plot of Arrow of Love was literally sitting in a journal that I had tucked away in a nightstand somewhere. And it was there for four years and now it's released and out in the world and signed to like huge choir publishings and stuff. So you'd never really know the potential that a song has when you write it. Um, so I'm always, always writing in journals. My notes in my phone is full voice memos. I mean, you know how it is. So yeah, journaling is something that I've always done, um, both with, with songwriting or just literally writing 
dear diary and then just writing like four pages of stuff that I need to get off my chest. So yeah. 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 No, I can, I can relate to that. I mean, I've always, always have a journal. I mean, I always have a little songbook, something poked away. I mean, I've got one at home in my, in my, in my little office here. I mean, it's got one in my guitar bag, same thing, similar to yourself. I also yeah. found this app. I'm going to, I was just trying to look for it. It's so funny because I've actually tried to show this to a bunch of people since, and you actually can't download it anymore, but I think I got it like a few years ago and it's still on my phone. It's called music memos. And what it is, it's basically just a one touch recording thing. So you can just, I mean, you can do voice memos, you can go in and record a song, but what else it does is it also picks up um, like the key signature of the song. It'll also pick up the tempo of the song and it will actually add a, ba a quick bass line or a drum beat to it. So you can actually put a song together in like five minutes. It's really, really neat, but wow. I don't think you can download it anymore, but I don't know, maybe check it out. It's called music memos. I'll send it to you after, yeah. but it's uh, it's really, really neat for, for just jotting out ideas and, and kind of scrapping out demo stuff like that, just to, Sure, just to yeah. have just to have like you know so you don't you don't actually actually lose it or whatever um mm -hmm. what's covid been like for you i mean obviously a lot of downtime i know you were uh you did that ep with i mean it was alan doyle uh fortunate ones the once and the ennis sisters uh i'm sure that was pretty exciting and a lot of fun but i mean everything else like how was it i mean have you just been kicking back i mean you've been writing obviously yeah um i've always said that i think covid made me realize things about myself and about my career and how I want to do things. Um, I think I'm a person that says everything happens for a reason. I was supposed to be moving to Toronto like two months before COVID happened. Um, and then COVID happened and I was, you know, here at home. And then everything kind of like laid out the way that I really think now that it was supposed to. Um, things like the Alan Doyle project, I never would have gotten to do if COVID didn't happen or I didn't get to stay home. Um, I met people that I never would have met if I had moved to Toronto. Um, so I, I really think COVID like gave me the opportunity to challenge myself a lot. I mean, I learned how to like record my own music and produce my own music and things that I never really pushed myself to do, but then COVID happened and I didn't have another choice. So I learned a lot of things about my music career and about myself as a person. It was extremely challenging mental health wise. I'm really open about like the struggle of artists with mental health and just mental health in general. And it was definitely really, really hard. I mean, it still is like the effects of COVID are obviously still, um, are still happening. And it's just really challenging when you're, you know, home by yourself now. And when we were all in quarantine, it was like, I don't have anyone to see. I can't go play a show. I'm not getting the adrenaline rush that I'm used to. And it was really, really hard for a while. But, um, I think once I came like to the epiphany and the conclusion that I was doing things the way that I could and the way that I knew how right now, because we've never done a pandemic before. Um, I don't know. I think that it was just like everybody needed to stop being so hard on themselves during a pandemic. I mean, we've never done it before. So yeah, I definitely learned a lot through COVID and I'm grateful for all the things that I did, but um, I definitely am missing some sense of normality right now. Yeah, no, I, I can relate to that. Absolutely. Isn't it interesting? I mean, similar to yourself. I mean, I started this podcast. It was something I did during COVID. It was like something I'd always thought about doing and I just never pulled the trigger on it, but I, I did over COVID because I mean, I just had so much free time. So I did essentially what you did. I mean, I learned how to use recording programs, stuff I knew a little bit about, but I really dug into it a lot more over COVID. And it really seems to be like a running theme. Like what you just mentioned is that it's kind of like a restart for people or like a refresh or like, it was just like kind of open people's eyes. Like, okay, it doesn't have to be so crazy. It doesn't have to be so hectic or I can go and actually learn some things that I, I really wanted to do. I mean, 
I think the world really needed something like that. I mean, it's as I think we're all a little bit over it at this point. I mean, it's, it's starting to drag on a little, little too long <laughs> here now, but uh, it's, it's amazing how that kind of restarted, you know, everyone's especially creative people because it gave so many people different creative outlets. Um, right. Really, really interesting. I mean, you just mentioned mental health and I know you're, you're a big advocate for, for speaking about mental health and especially in the artists and stuff like that. I mean, what's songwriting been for you to kind of uh, help your mental health or, or, or towards your mental health? How, how has songwriting been beneficial to you? Yeah, of course. Um, I think that I realized songwriting was like a form of therapy for me when I left junior high because I dealt with really severe bullying. And when I left junior high, I kind of kept to myself a little bit too much. Like I really bottled everything up. I didn't want to talk about it. I, I barely told anybody what was happening when I was in junior high because I didn't really want to put that on somebody else. And the only place that I could go was in a journal. Cause it's like, that's my secret. That's on a page of paper and I can talk it under my mattress and nobody ever has to know, but at least it's out there and I'm not holding on to it anymore. So then I started writing songs and I was like, it was really hard for me at first, but then I was like, if I release this, there's somebody out there who's going to relate to this. And then I finally had this moment where I went to a junior high, I went to St. Michael's on Belle Island and I performed a song called Left Behind, which I had written about bullying and mental health and how hard all of that was for me. And I was terrified, absolutely petrified to put this song out to kids that were my age or a little bit younger than me um, who may have been going through the same thing. And then after I left that school, I had kids messaging me for days saying, I really relate to the song. I really connect to this song. I needed to hear this. It's so nice to see somebody who struggles like I do, who's successful and who was getting up in front of a school full of people. And I remember myself and my mom literally crying over these DMs from a bunch of kids because I realized as a songwriter, you have so much power to like tell people, I struggle just the same way you do. And here I am, like I'm being successful. I'm chasing my dreams. You're very capable of anything that you want to. And songwriting still holds that for me. I mean, like at the end of the day, I only have myself. But when I sit down with a guitar, like I did yesterday, I was having a really hard day. Didn't want to talk to anybody about it. Um, it's really hard for me to articulate my feelings sometimes. And I have a lot of anxiety around putting that on other people. Um, but I don't really need to do that if I write a song and then I release it and people say, I really relate to this. It's like, it makes it all worth it kind of. So songwriting is like definitely an escape for me and a way for me to make other people feel like they're normal. And like, it's okay to feel like that because I wish that somebody had told me when I was in junior high and when I was really anxious, like, it's okay, you're normal, you're a kid, you're going to get through it, that kind of thing. So yeah, songwriting is just my, my way of having an outlet, but also having other people know that it's okay to feel those things. And, and, and kudos to you. I mean, that's absolutely incredible, by the way. I, I hope that you know that, that that is truly an inspiring thing that I'm sure that, I mean, not just the people who, who, who messaged you, or I'm sure there's even more people again, who probably took something out of that, that you may not even heard of. So, I mean, I, hats off to you. I mean, that's, that's truly incredible. And you speak really wise. Like, I mean, uh, beyond your years, I mean, it's incredible. I, I, are you, you 20? Are you 20? I'm 20 years old. You're yeah. 20 years old. Yeah, man. Holy shit. I wish I was speaking like you when I was 20. I still can't <laughs> talk and I just turned 34. Uh, no, that's incredible, Rachel. I mean, and kudos for you and, and please keep doing that. I mean, I, I can only imagine how many, how many young people, especially young females, I mean, in the province and stuff who probably look up to you, who, you know, see those things and hear those things that you say that, that really can probably help them. I mean, push them a little bit farther to maybe to get a little farther in their lives or, or to get over a hurdle that something it's, inc it's incredible. I mean, <clears throat> 
I remember when I was in junior high and high school, and I mean, which is not that long ago, obviously I'm older than you, but I mean, there was really no like serious conversation about anxiety, mental health, as opposed to now. So it's, it's so nice that it's really uh, present in, in, in everyday, you know, just, just chatting about it and, and people are, are more open to it and more expressive to, to be able to, um, you know, just to, to express their feelings and, and be able to let people know that it is going to be all right. So once again, kudos to you. That's uh, that's truly incredible. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I want to ask you a, a couple of things. I mean, as a, as a younger songwriter and somebody like, for example, like I asked, I know I asked like Nick this, I asked a couple of other songwriters I had on um, on the podcast. I mean, I, I kind of grew up in, in, a, in the age where like when I was like 14 or 15 is when the internet really started becoming super, you know, in your face kind of thing. I mean, you know, just, just even messaging services. I mean, but now it's like with the streaming services and social media, um, like what do you think are some of the advantages and disadvantages of streaming services for your music? First off. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of mixed feelings about streaming and about social media and stuff. I think that social media is so horrible for our for us just as people um i i've struggled for years with balancing myself on social media because it's so easy to fall into like this hole of comparison and um all this kind of stuff and social media is so fake i mean it's like just in general social media you're only seeing what people want you to see and it's very controlled um but then at the same time it's like a huge part of my career is is marketing myself on social media. So it's really, really hard for me to find a balance. And I'm still trying to find a balance of that, like a healthy um, limit for myself. Streaming is kind of the same thing. I think it's so cool that we can stream stuff so easily. Like music is really at our fingertips, which I love, but I also really miss hard copy CDs and I miss getting money for our music. And we all know that streaming <laughs> yeah. is not doing that. So you I and mean, me both sister. <laughs> yeah. Like streaming is not doing that for anybody. I find it so funny when people ask me, um, Oh, like if I play your song, are you going to get money from that? And I have to say, not really. It's like, like no, literally no. no. <laughs> I'm like, unless you're really, really big. And I mean, you're somebody who's mainstream pop and is making big time music. I'm not getting anything from your streams, which is so sad. I'm like, please just buy like a hoodie. Just buy, yeah. give it to your mom. I don't care. Buy a CD, something like it. It literally just means so much when people want to have like a hard copy something that you really worked on. I love merch. Like, I just love that. That's something that an artist has designed for their fans and their audience to wear. And I wish people really like invest in that stuff more. So I don't know. It's like, it's really hard for me to say um, how I feel about either of the things because it's like, you just need to find a healthy balance, I guess. Like on one end, it's like, oh, so cool that anybody internationally can listen to my music, but also at the same time, music is my job. And like music is how I make my money and it's what I love to do. And it's awesome that you're listening to my song, but also it's like really, it's almost like invalidating that artists are not getting it paid forward kind of thing. So, and social media is just the same thing. It's just like a facade to me. So yeah, it's like finding a healthy balance as a 20 year old woman, social media is it's yeah, it's something else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. And I, I'm, I, I'm assuming like social media has probably been a part of your life since you can really remember. I mean, it's like, like Facebook. I mean, I think Facebook is probably 
13 or 14 years old, if not maybe older. I mean, you yeah. would have been five or six. I mean, and it really came into my life until I was like, you know, 18, 19 years old. So, I mean, it's just something that you've kind of grown up with. It seemed probably seems pretty normal. So, and, and like you say, as a 20 year old female, that's gotta be, gotta be challenging as is any 20 year old. I mean, it's, it's challenging, but especially somebody like yourself who like you, who's trying to, you know, you're trying to be relevant with your career and you're also trying to, you know, not go crazy by just reading everybody's bullshit all the time, which is, mm-hmm. which is, which is the tough, the tough balance there for sure. And one thing you mentioned too, as well about, I mean, about merch and stuff that I always find pretty interesting is like <clears throat> one of the biggest things about putting out a record for me, like 10 years ago was like the artwork of the album. I loved that part of it. I mean, I loved liner notes. I'm, I was a, like, as a kid, I'm loved getting albums. And first thing I would put it in the CD player, rip it open and divulge into the liner notes. See who played Mm -hmm. bass on this. I mean, see who designed the artwork. I mean, a lot of like so many creative things came from albums and records back then that, you know, like, for example, if you got a record, the inside the liner notes, if you flipped it around, it was probably a poster that like I had on my wall, like a Tom Petty poster or like, you know, or Billy talent or who knows, like, you know, there was always such a really, really cool thing. And I think that, that people were, I mean, they, they're going to miss that. They don't even really know that that thing exists anymore because so many people are just releasing their music to streaming services. And like you say, not really getting paid for it, which is tough. How do you think, how do you think that we get over that? I mean, how does that change? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's kind of like tit for tat. I mean, I, when I do this album, I'm probably only going to be able to do a digital release because I'm not getting paid for my music. How am I supposed to make hard copy CDs exactly. yep. and pay for artwork? And like, I can't do it. And so people like don't I, really realize, I mean, the actual overall expense that comes with, I mean, not just hiring a producer, I mean, but like to, you have to pay somebody to do artwork. You have to pay somebody yeah. to press hard copies. And mm-hmm. I mean, my last record I put out in 2018, I pressed a thousand copies. Like I'm probably still sitting on four or 500 of those because yes. who has a CD player? I mean, that's just it. And uh-huh. you know what I mean? And then in 2018, it still felt like, Oh, I still feel like I should probably press hard copies because I mean, people still want to buy something to take away from your live shows and all that stuff. But I feel, you know, even myself again, as I'm starting to release some new music again, I'm like, do I really want to press any hard copies of this? Do I really want to waste thousands of dollars when I'm not seeing any return on that investment, it's tough, yeah. right? Yeah. Cause I mean, part of me is like, maybe if we keep releasing hard copies, we can make something happen. But then I'm like, <laughs> we can't really do that because nobody's investing in it. Yeah. So it like, it really freaks me out because then I look at places like Fred's records where it's like, I really hope that places like this are here for so long. I'm, I'm terrified of like this digital future that we think that we're going to have. I think it's really scary, especially as an artist. I mean, I know that we're just going to evolve like artists always have, but um, I don't know. It like, it kind of freaks me out. I mean, I really wish that I could still do the whole hard copy CD with all of the like beautiful artwork inside. I want you to read who's playing on everything. Look at the lyrics of this song. And like you said, here's a free poster. Like all that stuff was so much fun to me when I did this fire. I loved every part of doing that. Um, and then the whole I mean, creative process that goes into it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm putting so much hard work into it. And I love that people would compliment that kind of stuff. Uh, I think that vinyl is like kind of having this weird, like people just think it's vintage or like aesthetic to have vinyl now. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. If you want to buy vinyl because of that, then like do it. <laughs> but also, um, I don't know. I really don't know. It's like, 
the fear of the unknown is huge. When you're <laughs> yeah, exactly. The fear of the unknown. I like that. Um, it's, 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 you know, it's interesting with vinyl, I think, because vinyl is expensive to produce. I mean, yeah. unless you're like a major artist, I mean, even if you want to go press a thousand vinyl, like you have to sell a thousand vinyl to really go and even maybe, maybe break even who knows? Like, and I mean, maybe. and that's, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, and you know, yeah, it's, it's challenging. I know I, I, I kind of battle with it every time myself. I know a lot of, a lot of artists like locally and stuff who kind of, who kind of opt out of the streaming services, but I mean, it's just the way the world is evolving that it's, it's like, it's, it's so convenient because you can, anybody in the world can obviously just go listen to your songs. Like that's, that's yeah. a really, and you know, you can, you're on different playlists and all that and all that kind of stuff. But it's uh yeah, it's it's uh where do you make money there? How do you, how do you make yeah, a living? Like you're still missing something, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh money is yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. No, it's it's tough, man. I know I I deal with that all the time too. It's it's a challenging thing that um and then I think that's why maybe touring is a little bit more. I mean, that's kind of the financial avenue these days. And then yep. boom, COVID, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. So- we can't win. We I know. Literally can't win. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, I, you know, I'm, we're recording here today, myself and Rachel. It's um, Tuesday, September 7th. Um, I'm heading out on the road tomorrow. And like, literally, I, I was just looking at the news like a couple hours ago. I mean, COVID's on the rise again here in Newfoundland. There's yep. a friggin' hurricane coming. I'm like, as soon as I go try and book something again and go like across the island. I mean, we're doing six shows, not huge yeah. shows, but there's something to kind of get back in the swing of it. And it's like, this is all kind of looming back over the head. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's tough, man. It's tough in the game. There's no doubt about that. Really hard. Yeah. And it's so easy to get discouraged, which I feel like people didn't talk about enough, but, and then I try and be the whole, like everything happens for a reason and it'll work out. And, (laughs) but it's so hard. Like it's so discouraging when it's just like one step forward, three steps back all the time. And that's kind of what it's been like for a year and a bit now. So yeah. I, I would say you're similar to myself though, but then it's like, then it's like, you know, yeah, one step forward, three steps back. Then you go out and play like a banger show, and you're like, "Man, I love this!" Like, yes, know? and then you can't, you can't stop. It's like you're like, "All right, back in the saddle, let's go!" Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And then it's like, you know, everything else falls to shit, and then it kind of just kind of rolls back through again, and it all works out again. So, yep. I mean, that's the challenges of, of of this this life. I mean, it's so challenging, especially another thing is you know we're so far out on the east coast. It's not as easy. It's not like you're in Toronto. You can't just pop over to Ottawa or Montreal or New York or, you know, in a couple hours, it's like, it's two days to get to Halifax. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. And let's just talk about how you also just need to like sell your left kidney to even get off this Island. Like, yeah, it's like exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. It's- well, like, like, like I just mentioned, I mean, myself and Mark Manning, we're going to do a couple of shows in Cornerbrook Wednesday and Thursday. I mean, it's an eight hour drive. Like we're going to yeah. drive eight hours to go play the Rotary Arts Center and big ups to them for having us. It's not going to be a huge venue. It's not going to be a huge crowd, but we just want to get out and play again. Like that's the biggest yeah. thing. Right. So, yeah, I mean, sure. it's super tough. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a challenging world. I mean, it's always very interesting to talk to people who, who kind of deal with the same stuff and, and who are committed because there's a lot of people out there who kind of just play tunes and, and they you mm-hmm. know play music. They got kind of side hobbles and stuff, but I mean, it's always interesting to hear from people who are, you know, into it and involved full time. It's, it's a, it's a challenge, man. It's a grind. There's no doubt about it. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, one cool thing. I know you are, um, you're currently signed to a publishing deal with Simba music publishing. Um, can you talk about some of the avenues, like the publishing deal has brought to your career? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that it all started in 20, 
I want to say like late 2018, maybe. I think it was when I did Iceberg Alley in 2018 was the first time that I had done Let Go. And Let Go was kind of like what launched my whole um, side of like the publishing deal. So Vince from Simba, who was absolutely amazing to me. Um, they act like so much more than publishers to me as well. Like they, they really help myself and my mom. It's just me and my mom in terms of management. So they really help us with uh, hooking me up with other songwriters and people that can really help me in my career. They're absolutely amazing. Um, so Let Go was the first big thing for that. Um, they pitched it into shows like Winona Earth and Wedding Planners. So hearing my song on TV for the first time was huge, as you can imagine. Um, so yeah, that was great. And they still continue to do that. They're always messaging me saying, we've pitched into this and we've pitched to this. We'll let you know how it goes, that kind of thing. So I love publishing for that. Um, I got signed, like I mentioned earlier, Arrow of Love is now with um, a choir. It's like Henry Leck, which is a huge choir publishing. So any choir in the world can have that song to do which is amazing as well. So publishing, yeah, it's been huge for me. I've definitely grown a lot of like my streams and my fan base and that kind of stuff um, because of my publishing company, because they're putting me into stuff like movies where there's huge fan bases. Like Winona Earp is a great example of that. It's a sci-fi show. There's a huge fan base for that. Um, and they're amazing. And so they have all these playlists of like Winona Earp soundtrack and there's my song in like 90 playlists. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's really exciting. Like every time you get a notification, oh, we finally, you know, we landed this TV show for all of 30 seconds or we landed this movie for two minutes. It's like, that's huge for an artist. Cause not only are you making money off of that, you're also just reaching so many people because I know for me, there's so many songs in my phone that I've listened to a movie and then I go on Shazam and I'm like, what is this song? And now it's something that I listen to in the car. So um, yeah, it's been really amazing. I'm really grateful for them. They, they do a lot for me. And I've written so many more songs because of them, because they're setting me up with amazing songwriters. And um, yeah, they've been really, really good to me, which is amazing because I didn't think that I was going to be signed to a publishing deal at um, 20 years old. So yeah. <laughs> no, that's incredible. Congratulations to you. That's really, really neat. Um, you. Do, you, do, you, do you find yourself now since the publishing deal trying to write for stuff like that or is it still yeah. just naturally writing you try to write for it both yeah maybe. i mean i get like a message every now and then that says can you write a song that would go with this tv show because then it's i'm much more likely to get um a sync that way um i mean i did a songwriting camp uh a little while back where it was like there was four different groups of us we were all writing for the same tv show and so we would write like two songs each group so that's a whole lot of, that's like an album mm -hmm. written in two days by a whole bunch of different people for one show that we're all trying to get syncs for um and so maybe only some of us will get a sync but then the rest of us have really cool songs um so yeah sometimes i write a song that i know that i won't release but i know is very marketable for things like movie and tv and commercial um which is just something i struggled with that for a long time because i was like i will never release this but I know that it's marketable and it's good for commercial and TV and movie. Um, so that's, then I just realized that that's just another part of songwriting too, if that's what you want to do, which is um, also the route that I want to go. And sometimes I write a song and I release it like hope to bring is a good example. I released that song cause I love it, but it also landed into wedding planners, um, the movie or the TV show, which was also amazing. So yeah, it's like, it's hit or miss. I mean, you just kind of got to go with the flow, but 
Um, I think getting a, an idea of what I need to write a song for is um, a big challenge for me personally. And normally I just co-write for that kind of stuff because it's a lot easier for me to nail it on the head per se. Do you ever consider, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if you do this or not, but do you ever consider writing for other artists? Yeah, I've done it before. Uh, I love ghostwriting actually. Um, normally it's once again, a co-writing session. Uh, maybe I'm in a session and the artist is there, but they're not really co-writing actively. They're just kind of there to, to see it out and to feel it out. And myself and a writer are in this group and we're writing a song for somebody else. And um, I do that a lot and I love it. And I think it's so cool to write something and then another artist sing it and make it their own. Um, I've loved doing that and I hope to do more of it for sure. Um, I've had, actually, I, I can't say that I've had an artist write for me yet, I don't think, um, but myself and um, another person that signed to Simba, we wrote a K-pop song to like, oh, crazy. to <laughs> Korean pop group, which is yeah. crazy. Like I had no idea what I was doing, but it turned out to be so cool um and there's like this huge rap section in it and <laughs> nice. just, yeah it's like yeah it's really cool so um I did love you guys, did you guys write the rap section oh yeah we literally nice. wrote a full k-pop song it was amazing <laughs> so sick man that's so cool yeah i love yeah. it um i know you released your first ep this fire in 2017 mm -hmm. i mean you got a bunch of singles out uh, another self-titled ep uh and more recently the latest love language um What's, what's sort of changed since the first release? Um, oh God. <laughs> it's like, where do I even start? Um, this fire, I think that I was, I was very mm, young and I'm still very young, but <laughs> to me, it feels like yes, so, you've aged much so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just to me as a person, so much has changed um, <clears throat> since I was, since it was 2017. I mean, even looking at myself, like on the cover of this fire, um, I was so in love with that album and it means so much to me now. Um, and like, I didn't really know what I was doing yet. I was just like putting out music and Chris LeDrew was the producer of that. And he was amazing. He's like a mentor to me genuinely. Um, and he's still like a huge, I still credit him for so much of my music career because he really, he really pushed me and, um, you know, pushed me and challenged me during that EP recording. Um, just as a person, I think that I've grown into my own a lot more than I than I really knew about myself at that age. I was really self-conscious back then. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted for music. I was really scared to pursue music. I was terrified actually. Um, I mean, before going into the recording studio, I used to sit in the car with my mom and like cry or like have an anxiety attack because I was like, what if I go in and it's not good enough? Or what if I go in and I don't like it? What if I'm unhappy? What if people don't like it? What if people don't like me? Um, or what if I fail? That was huge for me. What if I fail? Um, and so I failed and then I would do it again. And then I would like mess up and it was really horrible. And then I would just do it again. Cause Chris is like, go ahead. You messed up, scrap it. Come on. We're, go we're going again. Um, so yeah, since then I've just grown into my own a lot as a person, I've been a lot more comfortable experimenting with music and different sounds and stuff like that. Um, but I think that for me, it's just like, I found a part of myself that I didn't really know that I had and different strengths that I didn't know I had. And pushing myself was really big, like pushing myself past the limits that society had put on me or I had put on myself. Um, so yeah, now I'm just kind of like doing what I want because um, I think that that's all that people should really have time for anymore. It's just doing what you want because um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of things are insignificant in life, but one thing that is really significant is like making yourself happy. So that's kind of what I've stuck to the past two years.
Yeah, no, absolutely. You nailed it again. I mean, and and I know Chris obviously pretty well as, as well. I mean, he's he's an awesome cat. I'm I didn't know he was involved with that. That's pretty that's pretty cool. I mean, um, he's just an incredible songwriter too. And I mean, he's got just got great ideas. I mean, just kind of yeah. chat with him over the years. Actually, I was with his brother Andrew yesterday. I was over in the studio. He was uh, he's recording a new album with Robert Kelly, and I was over listening to a bit of that actually. So it was, uh, I mean, both those guys are incredible. Yeah, that's just, really yeah, uh, that's really really neat. Um, I want to ask you about, I seen something online yesterday um, with regards to Come From Away. Um, you're going to be featured in a cover album. It's titled Covers From Away that features reimagined covers from the play Come From Away. Uh, are you allowed to talk a whole lot about that yet? Or what's kind of the situation behind that? Um, I, I know there's an article about it. So I mean, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was asked to do um, a cover of a song. I was just about to say the song. Name, <laughs> you not. almost dropped it. You almost dropped I it. I almost dropped it, but I was asked to do a cover of a song from the musical Come From Away. And I was absolutely ecstatic. Like I was so excited to do this project. I mean, it's huge. Like they're, it's massive. I mean, it's literally like Broadway is putting off a production of Come From Away from Newfoundland artists. Um, so yeah, I was really excited. I immediately said yes. And it's myself and another artist from here. I'm not even sure if it's name dropped, um, but Actually, I think it might be Abigail is the other mm -hmm. artist that I had worked with. Um, and she's amazing, super young as well, country artist. She's absolutely incredible. Um, wise beyond her years, once again, beautiful voice. And we worked together and we did something really exciting. And it sounds absolutely amazing. It was myself and her. And there was a few other musicians like covering different things. I'm so excited for people to hear it because it was so cool to be in studio here at home recording a song that was written about Newfoundland. Um, so yeah, I am just so excited for people to hear it, but there's so many incredible like Newfoundland artists covering songs from the musical Come From Away. And I saw that musical in New York on Broadway and I cried the whole time <laughs> because it's an amazing musical. So I'm really, really excited. And um, I was so happy when the article dropped there um, yesterday or a few days ago and everyone's just so excited to hear what it's about and all the details of it. So I think it's going to be amazing, but it sounds incredible. Yeah, I can, I can see, I can actually physically see the thrill in your face when you're talking about this right now. I can see yeah, that really you're super excited about it. Yeah, no, that's really, yeah. really cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing that myself. I mean, tons of great artists. I, I had to read over it. I mean, just features so many really, really neat artists from Newfoundland. So I think that's going to be a, a great project. And like you say, I mean, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's a huge production and it's going to be a big deal. I think it's like the 20th anniversary for the 20th anniversary of 9-11. I think it's what it's for, yeah. right? Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy, crazy. Um, yeah. Rachel, I, I really appreciate you coming on today. I know you're busy. I'm busy. We managed to squeeze this in this afternoon. I was really, really, uh, really, really thankful for you for doing this. Uh, really lovely to chat with you. You're, you are wise beyond years yourself. I mean, you have an incredible wealth of knowledge about the music scene um, and everything that goes along with it. So, you know, big thanks for, uh, for popping on today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love doing stuff like this where people get to listen to what artists have to say outside of once again, social media and music. So yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries at all. Um, for folks at home, where can we find Rachel Cousins to online? Um, all of my social media is Rachel Cousins Music and my website is rachelcousins.com. Um, and if you go to the website, you can find all my links and um, links to my music and stuff like that. But I'm available on all streaming platforms under the name Rachel Cousins. Yes. And go check out Rachel's new single, Love Language. It, it's a banger for sure. Thanks again, Rachel. Really appreciate you taking the time today. 
Thank you so much, Dave. Appreciate it. All right. We'll chat soon. Big thanks to Rachel Cousins for coming on. Um, like I mentioned, guys, just completely wise beyond her years. Uh, can't believe the wealth of knowledge that she has at such a young age. Um, I got to say, I really, really enjoyed that chat. It was really nice to get to know Rachel and and just get to pick her brain on, on you know all the cool things that she's been up to and, and on her new single. So by all means, make sure you do check out Rachel um, and check out her website, check out all her, uh, all her tunes, and check out her new single, Love Language. Um, that about does it for me, guys. Um, wrap it up here now, and I got to uh, to uh, get ready for uh, to hit the road because I got a, a busy week of tunes coming up. So, um, like I mentioned, if you're out on the West Coast, come on out and check the gig. And um, you know, other than that, you can find me all around. So, um, you want to find me online, guys? You can hit me up on social media: uh, Facebook.com/slash Dave Witty, on Instagram Dave Witty, Twitter Dave Witty. Um, and my website's back up and running, www.davewitty.com, after a little bit of maintenance there. So um, that about does it for me, guys. From downtown St. John's, Newfoundland, I'm Dave Witty. Peace.